0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. In the mood for some panfish talk? Well, if you're not, please do get in the mood because that's what we're going to talk about next. From Slab Seeker Guide Service in Otter Tail Country, Garrett Spear joins the show. I got my fishing pool keys,
1: tackle box in my hand. I'm gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my mercury right in the bank. Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me, cause I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. When
0: planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV. Fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grant Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrantHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. I'm Chuck Hasse, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, we're checking in with Garrett Spear from the Otter Tail area. He is the proprietor and guide of Slab Seeker Guide Service. And Garrett, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having
2: me on, kiss Yeah, I've been uh, up here kind of doing a little of everything. Mostly guiding uh, Panfish Paradise up here in Ottertail County. So I'm mostly guiding crappies and big bluegills. I had kind of a neat surprise the other day that uh, you know doesn't happen every day. We caught a 29-inch walleye when we were jigging for uh, big bluegills on the on the boat. Wow! You
0: know so. You hear that, you know, you hear the walleye guys catching muskies occasionally, now we're hearing the panfish guys catching walleyes. Catching walleyes.
2: You know, and it's pretty common, we we probably land a few every day, but more so trolling crappies. Uh, the lakes that have been trolling crappies don't have a good walleye population, and we've been trolling cabbage weeds in that 10, 12 feet of water, and... Uh, you know, we, we usually land a, f- a few walleyes every day, but uh, this lake that I've been fishing these big bluegills on doesn't have too many walleyes, but apparently the ones that are in there are, are pretty big. We were vertical mm. jigging off the side of a main lake, uh, sunken island, and uh, we were on some pretty big bluegills. We caught some bluegills over 11 inches long. Wow. You know, you know pound four to pound seven ounce bluegills, real nice bluegills, and uh, customers set the hook in a big fish, and we were both kind of convinced it was either a big bass or a big pike. He had gotten some weeds, um, you know, this fish ran down into the vegetation, and he had some, some weeds on his line, and so I'm kind of pulling these weeds off his line and not too worried if we lose the fish, thinking that this is probably a pike or a bass. Um, well, we finally get a look at the fish, and we see a, you know, I, I see the white tip on its tail, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, no, we got to land this. Be careful. I'm like, that's a big, big walleye. And uh, we end up landing the fish, getting it in the boat, and got some nice photos of it. It's on the Facebook page at Slab Seeker Fishing. If anybody wants to take a look, but um, you know, honestly, probably over nine pounds. Great big head.
0: Wow, pretty
2: pretty exciting fish. No kidding.
0: <laughs> That's you know, there's there's walleye anglers who go their whole lives waiting for a nine to ten pounder.
2: Yeah, twenty nine is pretty good. It was a personal best for the uh, for the customer, and uh, only an inch shy at my personal best. <laughs> So that was uh that was you know I, I caught a 30 uh you know years ago but uh, it's been a long time since i've caught a, a 29 or a 30 personally
0: <laughs> well as you noted it's slab seeker and you do a lot of pan fishing guiding in fact that's kind of become your specialty uh how did that yeah, develop is that just something you've always wanted to do is that your favorite fish to catch
2: that's my favorite fish to catch but you know in my family we really like to eat pan fish we like to uh, catch panfish. We've always just been really, pan, you know, panfish uh, enthusiasts. And so when I started my business, I really wanted to focus on that. Inevitably, when I first started, I would still do kind of, kind of whatever, some some largemouth bass trips and some walleye trips. But you know, the way things have taken off now, I really just stick with what I, what I'm uh, doing every day, which is crappies and bluegills. Which is nice. It's hard to, it's hard to be everywhere at once. And we have a thousand forty-two lakes up here in Ottertail County. And so it's really impossible to stay dialed into, you know, a bunch of different things. But if I focus on, uh, you know, big, big bluegills, big crappies, I can really uh, keep people on the best bite possible because we're out here doing this every day and jumping around, fishing different lakes for different times of year that are, that are producing well.
0: It, it's interesting to see uh, that you can, in the uh, state of walleye, um, specialize in panfish, and 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 make it work. I mean, that shows you that there are a lot of anglers that are willing to angle for a lot of different things. For a lot, of sure.
2: You know, and uh, uh, I think when I first started, I was probably the only one in Minnesota that was doing that. And uh, now there's several. Um, it, you know, it's it, There's several people even in Ottertail County where I'm at that are doing just uh, panfish guiding.
0: Well, I think what's what's unique about what you're doing, and what would make it fun for for an angler, or me, is. You know, there are so many more lakes, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that have panfish in them than have, say, walleye or muskies in them. And some of those are just hidden away out of the way. So you could maybe, with a guide, uh, discover some, some cool lakes you didn't even know were there because the guy's not going to do it on, in his radio
2: interview. I know that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, where we're at, the lakes are far more. Uh, kind of fertile, bass-panfish-style lakes than your typical walleye, uh, more sterile, deep, rocky lakes like you see more on the eastern part of the state. When you get out west here, they definitely have um, more of that bass-panfish feel than they do the deep, clear, rocky lakes uh, more out eastward, like where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that that's really played to our strength. And even the chamber now... The Otter Tail Lakes Country Association really even advertised, you know, advertisers come up to Panfish Paradise and uh, check out some world-class panfishing. And I think in Fisherman Magazine a few years ago rated us in the top, I think we're in the top six in the nation for trophy bluegills. They called our, our fish northern giants and said, you know, it's very, very rare you can go anywhere and catch bluegills over a pound with any regularity. And this is an area of the state where you actually can. Our fish are really old here, and so, you know, you get, Bluegills down south in Florida, that grow far faster than ours. But when the fish grow slow, they can actually reach bigger sizes. Sometimes those fast-growing fish tend to die sooner for whatever mm-hmm. reason, um, but yeah. you know, these really slow-growing ones. Um, what's kind of nice is now we've got uh, some special regulations on some of these fisheries up here that are going to protect the populations a little bit because uh, at an inch- inch-a-year growth rates, some of the fish we're catching are 10, 11 years old. So a resource you definitely want to protect. and Kind of take some of the smaller ones for dinner, and maybe not a full limit every day. You know, take some smaller limits home just to kind of protect those fish for the future. But pretty neat, pretty neat part of the world that we uh, we live in up here, and it's kind of a special resource.
0: How many of the the lakes in your area have been affected by the new panfish regs?
2: Uh, not a ton. I would say there's seven or eight. I'd have to look at that specifically, but I think you know maybe seven or eight lakes.
0: Okay. I'm guessing, though, guys like you and and other anglers, just what I know about the Minnesota angler in general, were kind of self-regulating themselves prior to the lot kicking in anyway.
2: You know, unless somebody wanted to keep a, a bluegill to eat, I've always kind of had a self-imposed nine-inch slot limit on dinner fish, and maybe we try to get them right in that sweet spot for people, so they're about nine inches exactly, or even three-quarters to nine inches i was they're not keeping real small fish for dinner but they're also not keeping 11 year old fish for dinner that are real special to the gene pool i guess with blue it has a lot of its genetic and so if you take out a lot of the good genetics you can do irreversible damage to the lake something that they can't they can't really fix down the road
0: right no that's uh that has uh been proven over and over again and and i was kind of curious about that if, if what if you had kind of a uh, self-imposed limit for your guests, and yeah, nine inches. Yeah, that's, if somebody that's, wants
2: to keep a fish for the wall. That's a different scenario, you know. Something you're gonna, but you know, just for for dinner fish, it's yeah. You can you can find much more sustainable fish to fly, you know, mm-hmm. than something that's eleven inches, you know.
0: Right, um, and and of course the the cool thing about your area with a thousand forty lakes or thereabouts. I mean, even if you're out fishing panfish every day. You can't possibly put a ton of pressure on any one of those lakes uh, because there's just so many of them.
2: There's just a lot of a lot of small lakes up here, exactly. And that's what people like to do up here is they kind of like to come up on vacation and lake hop with their boat and, and go and check out different new places every day. And I think that's another real, real fun part of both areas. You can definitely do that a lot of days. You can, uh, you know, hit multiple species in multiple different lakes, uh, and, and so that's that's a real fun fun thing to do when you come up here too.
0: Well, what seems to be working right now, and and just in general, this time of year, even though it's been a little bit cooler than a typical summer, uh, what should we be doing if we want to catch some bluegills or crappies?
2: You know, it seems like just now we're kind of finally in that summer pattern where the fish are set up where you'd expect them to be in summer, and it happened a little later than normal, but uh, we're catching uh, bluegills uh, kind of on your traditional walleye structure on the edge of sunken islands, you know, like... uh, islands that have a mix of some hard bottom and some vegetation on them, kind of in those transition areas where they transition from harder to softer bottom, but on the edge of those sunken, sunken islands. Um, that's been a, a real key spot for me just the past few days. You know, also other main lake stuff, like you typically look for walleyes in those, those big bluegills are kind of the the point in the season where they're going to act more like walleyes. They're going to be, they're going to be on main lake structure um, not that you can still catch some some bluegills on the shorelines, but those usually aren't the ones you're looking for. Those are usually going to be those smaller ones that are kind of in the nursery still. Mm-hmm. Um, so look to main lake points, um, sunken islands, any sort of reefs, humps, areas like that for, for big bluegills. And we're vertical jigging. We're using a, a small northline tackle jig with either plastics. I've been uh, having some good success with uh Plastics like the King Leech from Lucky John USA has been real good for us, um, or small leeches or uh, or whole red worms have been good. As far as crappies, we've been finding those kind of in that 10 to 14 foot range on cabbage. So when you find those those nice broad cabbage leaves, that seems to be what's really holding the crappies. And uh, we've been trolling because the schools are a little more spread out than they were earlier in the season. So this time of year still find some awesome crappie fishing but they're just not as concentrated as they once were so if you can keep the boat moving you can keep on really good fishing all day and so we've been trolling right around a mile an hour seems to be about the good speed and then kind of balance how much how much line you have out behind the boat and uh you know a a little bit on that speed to, to get you just so you're ticking the tops of the weeds and you're not getting hung up in them all the time but you're getting right down towards the tops of those those cabbage plants and those fish will come out of there and hit. We've just been using plastics for that. That way if you follow up on a weed, you can, you can kind of pop yourself off of the weed and you're right back to trolling. You don't have to reel in and check. You know, you're, you're not dealing with the minnow bucket and trying to dig in there all day. <laughs> uh, just plastics. You can fish a lot faster. And you're confident that the weeds won't pull your plastic off.
0: Panfish feeder. Garrett Spears got it, and he can't get rid of it. we got a lot more from him
2: next. I'm Will Pampoos, and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because Kevin Jackson needs all the help he can get.
0: This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu. The third annual Lucas Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament is coming July 23rd and 24th. You can fish any lake in Beltrami, Hubbard, or Clearwater County. Sam won the Krause-Anderson Legacy Award last year and earned a lifetime fishing license. Sam, what lake were you and Dick on? No comment. Of course not. Anyway, it's $200 per two-person team, and you can choose the walleye division or bass division. Sam, you went with the bass division. What did you use to catch them?
1: Definitely no comment.
0: Okay. Anyway, first prize is a guaranteed $3,000 per division, and you can also earn $500 for the Northwoods Bait Big Walleye or the Kagan Cork Big Bass. Details available at UWfishingbemidji.com or register and pay on the Fish Donkey app. No rules meeting or wrap-up ceremony. You just register and fish where you are. Hey, Sam, where are you? No comment. Oh, come on. Sam, is there anything you'd like to say besides no comment?
1: The Lukens Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament is also sponsored by First National Bank Bemidji, Hills Plumbing and Heating, and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors.
0: Would you like to be interviewed for the show? No comment. Fine.
2: I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan
1: Country.
0: Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service, my guest today. We are talking about panfish. But Garrett, when you're out there fishing, how often do you run into bass?
2: Oh, tons! Yeah, actually, I did a large largemouth trip for customers this last week, and we really beat them up good. What? Uh, and, I, and you know, and I hadn't looked for them prior to this trip, and I try not to do that, but I had just been kind of in panfish mode, panfish mode. And then one day, I had a bass trip. A family that wanted to go bass fishing, and uh, so usually I try to scout a little better than that, but I just didn't have time to do it. But we went out um, on a lake that I know has you know big numbers of bass. They were more interested in numbers than size, and um, we went out and we uh, started with Yamamoto sinko worms, wacky rigged stick worms, where you put the hook through the middle and let them fall real slow. And we had to cover some ground, you know, for the first hour. And finally, we found some matted vegetation, and uh, those fish were just just stacked up by that matted vegetation. You know, weeds that had came up to the surface and kind of matted over. Um, we got on the deep edge of those and pitched those. Yamamoto cinco worms, wacky rigged up towards that managed vegetation, let them fall real slow and uh, put it on spot lock. And I don't think we moved for the rest of the three hours we were <laughs> in that spot. We it was every five six casts you'd hook one, um, you know. For the next three hours, once we found, seems like this time of year those bass are actually schooled up together. So if you find one, I would spend some time there, you know. Okay. Uh, they're they're they've been kind of all in the same area. So it, you know, once you get some bites. I would spend some time, and you're probably going to get a whole bunch of them in that same spot.
0: One of the hottest new things going with uh, with walleye guys these days is I'm hearing more and more guys serious, seriously using bobbers. And, of course, that's something panfish guys have been doing forever. You got, Are you a big bobber guy?
2: You know, I use uh, slip bobbers a lot in the spring when the fish are on beds. So, you know, like this year it was pretty much the whole month of June, and I could cruise around my side imaging and then um, look for those perfect moon crater bluegill beds, mark the bluegill beds, and then spin back around and go fish them with slip bobbers. And, it, you know, it works out real well if you're fishing beds in seven feet of water. You set your slip bobbers at, you know, six and a half feet deep and toss them right on top of the, the spawning beds. And you can, you know, the bluegills aren't feeding during that period, but if you can kind of anchor like a leech on a slip bobber right in there, Spawning colony, you're gonna you're gonna take some of them off enough to grab a hold of it. Um, this time of year, we're fishing far deeper, and so we're vertical jigging. We're using a small Northland RZ jig with a split shot about 18 inches up because we're fishing pretty deep water. We're out, you know, 12 to 14. Some days, you know, even on some of these bigger lakes, even deeper. Sometimes in the, you know, 18, 20 feet of water. So um, th- we're vertical jigging right now. The other thing that vertical jigging allows us to do is I'm i li- um, I'm allowed to be a little more mobile with the boat. So I can move the trolling motor, you know, around a half a mile an hour and kind of move you around the structure until we land on what we're looking for. Um, But earlier in the season, definitely, we use a a ton. You know, for spring cropping, we're using fixed bobbers, and they're just in a couple of feet, things like the rocket bobber. And then for spawning bluegills, we're using a lot of slip bobbers. But, um, you know, the fish have just kind of moved off now. And not that you still couldn't do that, but uh, the vertical jigging thing has been kind of an advantage for us the other thing is you can kind of figure out the cadence that the fish want you know it's been some days the fish want you to jig it really aggressively something they can really feel in their lateral line so they come over and find that that base um and then other days they just want it to just barely move you know or they want you to hit bottom and lift it up and so we're, we're always trying to kind of figure that out just what what mood the fish are in every day and if you, if you had some big storm fronts move through sometimes they're a little more Lethargic, and they don't want you to move it too much. Or if you're, uh, you know, kind of had some stable weather, they want you to jig it really hard, something they can feel, so they'll come over and look at it. Especially during the afternoon hours when they're not maybe feeding as aggressively.
0: With with all the lakes you have in that area that have panfish in them, are there different lakes that seem to be better certain times of the year? Early season lakes, mid season lakes, or or does it matter?
2: No, you're absolutely right. That. that's definitely the case. In fact, I had a customer out the other day, and he was talking about coming back and ice fishing the lake that he had caught the 29-inch walleye and a bunch of big bluegills on it, and I said, you can sure give it a shot, but for whatever reason, that lake is just a, a really tough lake for ice fishing. Um, I don't know why, but the fish just really don't cooperate once it freezes on that lake. Mm. And so you can go from a day like we had the other day where he caught several Walmart or bluegills, a big walleye, and and plenty of dinner fish, they're really not catching anything out there during the winter. You know, in the lakes I was fishing this spring for crappies, uh, I have some lakes that I took customers to this spring for crappies. Where the, the crappies are big. They're two pounds on this one lake in particular. Um, but that's a lake that I can really only fish them during the spawn because I have no idea where they go after that. I, I think the reason with that lake is it's got kind of a, a small population density of crappies. There's not a ton of crappies in there. When they're spawning, you can get in those hard stem bull rushes, you kind of know where they're going to gonna spawn, and you can you can target them. After that, you've got this giant lake without a ton of crappies in there, so uh, like trolling like we do on some of the lakes with a higher population density of crappies, just, it's just not effective out there because you're searching for kind of a needle in a haystack.
0: Right, right.
2: So yeah, there's definitely lakes. Seems like <laughs> earlier in the season, I tend to hit, you know, smaller ones, and then... We kind of tend to move to bigger ones as the season wears on, and then you know in the fall you can kind of move back to some of those smaller ones a lot of times.
0: You you obviously spend a lot of time
2: in this neck of the woods,
0: I would guess. But do you ever go pan fishing elsewhere in the nation?
2: Uh, you know, no. I would like to. I'd really like to go up to Havasu in uh, in Arizona and fish some of those big redier sunfish. I don't know if you've ever seen any of that. No. You know, they catch it's the a different species of, of sunfish, but they'll grow to four. You know, over four pounds out there. Wow. So that's really a bucket list trip for me, but uh but no. I uh I haven't done uh too much of that at all.
0: Well I you know, you're 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 busy here, right? <laughs> yeah, too busy too busy working here with kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but how many trips uh as a guy do you make a year?
2: Oh boy, it's it's tough to say. You know, business is definitely slowing. From the the COVID boom a couple of years ago, it seems like the phone just really rang off the hook for a while there, just because I don't think there was a lot of things that people could do other than outdoor stuff. Right. <laughs> and so uh, I took out more first-time anglers that had, you know, never really spent time in the boat uh, ever the the past two years. And, you know, I think with gas prices, things have slowed a little, but still been a really good season.
0: Okay. Um, and 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 you do this, you know, uh, you noted a lot of uh, a lot of ice trips too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do uh, I do ice fishing as well up here in, in lakes country. And, uh, you know, we we did some unique things this last winter, too. There's a, a couple of stock trout lakes that are stocked by the DNR um, with rainbows and browns. And I did a lot of trips site fishing for uh, rainbow and brown trout the past uh, winter, which was kind of fun. Customers uh, were really into it, so we kept kind of doing more and more. And so I, I got outside of my panfish bubble and did that quite a bit this last year, too. And so we drill a big sight hole, and, uh, you know, sight fish and watch Rainbow and Brown trout come in in about 10 feet of water, which is pretty exciting fishing. You know, they, they they come through, and you get a lot of big fish that come through that you don't get them to eat anything, but it's a pretty exciting time.
0: Is there anything out there as a, as a guide, as an outdoorsman, that's concerning you right now?
2: Boy, you know, I guess for the longest time, I'm a member of the DNR Panfish Work Group, so for the longest time, it was uh, people har- harvesting, you know, too many large bluegills was always a big concern for me. Mm-hmm. You know, just being somebody who's passionate about chasing the biggest, as baddest as bluegills, uh, you know, on the on the lakes up here, I, I just feared at time with technology and pan optics and stuff that those fish would no longer exist if we didn't do something to protect them. You know, because panfish aren't aren't stocked; they're all natural, self-sustaining populations. But uh, as a member of the DNR. Uh, panfish worker we sure put a lot of effort into trying to get some special regs and protect some of these lakes now obviously not every lake there's what is there 11,142 or something yeah um you know and and 90% of them you can still go out and keep 20 bluegills but you know now there's a hundred and somewhere uh the the regulations are either five fish or ten fish ten fish being kind of the size maintainer so if a lake has big bluegills you kind of want to maintain that good average size the ten fish limit will kind of keep them around that size, and then the the five fish limit being the size um, improver. So if you have a lake that has, you know, nice fish, but you want to get the average size a little bit bigger, they found with the five fish limit that your whole population of fish is gonna is gonna get a little bit larger. Uh, but that was that was really it for me, and we worked for a lot of years on that. It's finally good to see the fruits of our of our labor kind of coming to. Uh, one of these lakes in Otterdale County that I've been on, yeah. you know, you can notice, I had a guy call me, that just a recreational angler I run into on this lake once in a while, and he said, boy, that, those special regs work. I've noticed the fish this year are, you know, last year we caught a whole bunch of nine and three quarters, and he were excited if he got a 10-incher. This year, they're, you're finding some fish that are over 10 inches, 10 and a half, even 11-inch range, and in just two seasons of having the special regulation. Wow. Well, it's kind of neat to see that working. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good to
0: see Yeah, The fruits of your labor, so to speak.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, not that it's the right regulation for every lake, but um, managing the lake for what what the lake is, you know, yeah. and not just doing a statewide regulation, but protecting what's kind of special for that particular lake.
0: Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service, my guest today. We'll wrap it up with Garrett next, and he will of course have to get through the fast bucket.
2: I'm Bill Bro Bro proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails. Forest trails, campsites, you can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji,
0: one step further. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better looking Jason, and this... It's Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. I'm Kev Jackson. My guest today is Garrett Speer of Slab Seeker Guide Service out in Autotel Country. We've gotten very sophisticated and uh, very educated, and the DNR does great work on, you know, uh, understanding lakes and, and how things work. And and then, so we've got a lot of special regs for a lot of different species on a lot of different lakes. Thank goodness we're in the uh, technology age, because can you imagine... You know, having to go through a book and look for all those special eggs every time you wanted to go
2: fishing. Right, it's pretty convenient now that you can, uh, you know, access all that stuff from your smartphone. And the other thing is they do a nice job of posting it at the access. So if you always yeah. take a second and just look at the signs at the access, it's going to let you know what's going on there, too.
0: Uh, how's the AIS situation in your neck of the woods?
2: I don't follow it real close. I, I think they're they're definitely hitting the, uh, the enforcement uh, pretty hard, or the education piece hard. I shouldn't say enforcement, but... You know, I'm I'm definitely seeing guys out on the, on the bigger lakes, uh, checking, making sure you don't have any water in your live well or weeds on your trailer when you're coming and going. Um, I know some lakes are even using a camera system, and I'm not sure how that works, but uh, where they film you coming off the lake, and uh, I'm not sure how you'd review all that film or how there's really any... <laughs> you know, it seems to work better in my head if there's a person that, that kind of goes through it with people. Yeah, but, uh, I know they're... I know they're doing a combination of both cameras at some of the accesses and then also, um, you know, uh, AIS agents that are kind of checking in with you um, and, and doing a little little cleanup piece. But I think, uh, you know, most of the guys that fish a lot kind of know the drill now and they're making sure everything is cleaned, uh, dried, and, and drained. But it's it's good to have that piece out for new anglers that maybe aren't quite as familiar.
0: I know when we, we talk about, like, zebra mussels, for example, you know, a lot of the discussion is, how it's affecting walleyes, and really it's not affecting the number of them, it's just affecting where they are, when they are, when you can catch them, things like that. And I always, uh, you know, very seldom talk about other species. I have no idea how zebra mussels in clear water would affect, for example, panfish. Would it be as dramatic a change as as it is for walleyes?
2: I can touch a little on that, So I know one, like um, like, uh, West Battle Lake, that lake has gotten really clear from where it used to be. And, you know, it just seems to keep getting clearer and clearer and clearer, which is kind of what zebra mussels do, Mm -hmm. is they really clear up the water. And, uh, you know, it's still a fantastic crappie lake, but one thing you notice with that is it's really hard to find good shallow afternoon crappie fishing on that particular body of water now, which used to be kind of the norm. So now Mm -hmm. what that does is it... uh, just kind of affects you know, where the fish will be the, uh, the shallow water bite for them is just not what it, what it used to be and so you end up having to look for the fish suspended over deep water whereas a lot of times those fish would be in several places they would suspend over deep water in the summer but they would also inhabit that mid-depth broadleaf cabbage where it's, it's kind of dried up on that mid-depth cabbage bite just because of how clear the water is so I think you're right. I don't. I don't think that it. You don't see big crappie die offs from zebra mussels, but I think it definitely affects which water they they decide to inhabit.
0: Well, Garrett, um, we're going to wrap this up with something we call the Fast Five. I, I'm guessing you're not familiar with the Fast Five yet. <laughs> I'm not. No. Well, we just rapid fire five questions your way. You have to answer them.
2: All right. Let's see how I do. I hope I pass the test. What well, happens if you fail? You know, I was never that good of a student. That's probably why I ended up being a fishing guy.
0: Well, these are these are all like personal preference things. So oh, I mean, well, I be able to... yeah, I mean it could get controversial, but there, you know, there's no actual right answer here. So all right, perfect. Here we go. Fast
2: five. Who's with me? Yeah.
0: Question number one, and I know the answer to this one, but I want you to be specific. What is your favorite fish to catch? Big bluegills, hands down. Okay, not even close. <laughs> not even close. All right, well then, what is your favorite fish to eat? Ah, crappie. Okay, so you love to catch the bluegills,
2: you love to eat the crappies. <laughs> exactly, man. My- my household, we're kind of connoisseurs when it comes to fillets, and if I bring anything but crappie, so my wife is kind of like, yeah, I don't even want to eat those."
0: <laughs> oh, so you're panfish snobs.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. yeah if, I, if I have a customer that uh, wants to leave a wallet in the live and I bring it home, she's like, well, you can eat that by yourself. <laughs>
0: wow. All right, question number three. What was the first fish you ever caught, and how old were you? Uh, Northern Pike? and I would
2: say about uh, four years old. you actually remember it? Uh, no, my sister's got pictures of it that she had yeah. given me. Polaroid pictures back then. There was no smartphones, that she could text me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I have the Polaroids from my sister's camera. Wow. All right.
0: Question number four. This could be controversial or not. Uh, dogs or cats?
2: Boy, it's a tough one. Though. We don't have either right now, but we've owned Poles
0: dogs most outdoor guys
2: like dogs yeah, yeah. but we've owned both you know I, I was never a cat cat but we we recently owned one uh, when my son was first born and had it for uh the past six years and uh, boy the cat was a pretty nice nice cat too
0: well and and they're a lot easier to deal with they kind of take care of themselves by
2: yeah you can leave for a day and the, the cat the cat will be okay Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right question number five What is your favorite pizza topping?
2: Oh, pepperoni. That was the easy one. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's kind of a I'd say about seventy percent say that.
2: Pepperoni. You know what I'm 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 passionate about a frozen pizza. I would say that's one of my, my top foods in life is I love to eat a frozen pizza. So I take that pretty serious.
0: I pretty much like eating any pizza, to be honest.
2: <laughs> you know my, my Heggies consumption, you need to wanna to know how many <laughs> <laughs> We got a lot of Heggies in. <laughs> I should contact them. I wonder if they do a Heggies wrap on the boat and I could get the truck to stop by
0: There you go. That's now that's marketing genius right there.
2: Yeah, that'd be that'd be the my favorite the top sponsor I could I could choose if I was to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it was that easy. So that was good, you know. I uh, I kind of worry being a fishing guide. You know, the classroom wasn't always my strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got, you know, I, I I put
0: together hundreds of these. So next time around, it's five more, and you know, we, we get we can get into some serious discussions on Ginger versus Marianne, AC/DC versus Alabama. It could get ugly. I'm just warning you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well listen Garrett, if people are gonna wanna if people wanna discover a little bit of Otter Tail Country and and do some fishing with the, a good panfish guide, how do they go about getting signed up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have a Facebook page if you're on Facebook, it's Slab Seeker Fishing, and then you can see kind of the current report of what we've been catching, what's going on, make sure it's uh, kind of what you're looking for. Otherwise we have a website too, it's slabseekerfishing.com.
0: All right, he's Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Fishing Guide Service in Otter Tail Country. Garrett, thanks for the time today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Kev. I always appreciate it. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget the Lukens Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament is coming up this weekend. Fishing begins 6 a.m. Saturday, goes till noon on Sunday. Guaranteed $3,000 first prize in the walleye division and the bass division, $1,500 second prize and $1,000 third prize, $500 for the Kagan Cork Big Bass, $500 for the Northwoods Bait Big Walleye as well. And, of course, the Krause-Anderson Heritage Award to the top generational team, which includes a lifetime Minnesota fishing license for the kid in that boat. All you have to do to get registered is go to the Fish Donkey app, find the United Way tournament, and get registered. You can pay right there. No meeting to go to. You just hang out where you're gonna hang out and fish where you're gonna fish. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here.
1: Paul country. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night.